Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News. All of your entertainment content in one place. We've got Madonna updates. We've got updates on other Bachelor stories, Vanderpump Rules, this, and so much more on today's Bachelor Rush Hour. All right, it's June 29th, and we are ready to enter. I mean, is it a holiday weekend already? It's the summer. The sun's out. The guns are out. Sails out. Nails out, as Succession likes to say. Get those sandals out and ready to party. But you might be stuck at work or driving home, and we got you covered right now with all of your news. Uh, Big day for Blake Lively. She's a non-drinker and was accused of a cash grab as she launches an alcohol brand. Yeah, I got to tell you this. If you don't drink alcohol, you shouldn't have an alcohol brand. She says, drinking isn't my thing, but for F's sake, flavor is. And then she had a photo of her serving cans of her sparkling cocktail brand, Betty Booze. Yeah, look, you can't do that. Uh, That is a cash grab. You better start drinking. Um, And in Bachelor news, Amanda Stanton fighting back. Uh, someone, uh, trolls have commented on her face. She said, the amount of messages I received from people today telling me I have too much cheek filler and it's making me look worse when I literally have zero filler in my cheeks face. Besides a tiny bit of my lips, that's probably not even there anymore. Awkward. So she says, get my name out of your mouth. Uh, and in other news, Vanderpump, uh, is coming back. Ariana Madix spotted filming new Vanderpump Rules season. Raquel, though, is MIA. Raquel, of course, was part of the great Scandaval where she cheated with uh, Tom Sandoval, who was in a longtime relationship with Ariana. Well, someone just unearthed uh, from, I, I don't even know, the third season. I don't know what season this is from, where Ariana actually cheated with Tom Sandoval when he was with somebody else. Here's what Ariana said at the time about her new boyfriend, who now, of course, is her ex. You knowing that Tom cheated on Kristen a few times, does that make you doubt him in your relationship? No, not whatsoever. No. Why? I've been friends with him for three years. I know him really well. It's not a thing for me. At all. So, Kristen, how do you? And of course, that never ages well because Tom Sandoval did to Ariana what he did to Kristen. And of course, you know, every situation is different. Ariana and Tom were maybe in a more serious relationship, but cheating's cheating, if you ask me. And cheating went down, or maybe not cheating. Uh, Maybe this was emotional cheating, but Bachelor Happy Hour, of course, uh, ditched and dismissed Becca Kufrin and didn't let her say goodbye as they moved on to a new host. We covered this extensively in the last couple days. Thomas, Becca's uh, fiance and a father to her upcoming child. Is that how you call it? An upcoming child? Um, You know, discussed how the business practices were not ethical. Well, here's Claire and Emma talking about how crazy that story was as fellow podcasters. Bananas to me. It it was such, I, I don't understand how it wasn't an easy thing to have you know, an easy thing being letting Becca have a moment, maybe a 10 minute, you know, conversation with her audience as they transition to new hosts. Unofficial handover podcast. There is also a way to be transparent about business decisions that you are making. Like everyone who hosts these shows know knows that 
they are contract employees. They do not own the IP. They are not permanently attached to these shows, but they invest a lot of time and energy in it. I know that people, you know, are asked to fill in for no pay sometimes. Um, and yeah, you would expect that, especially someone like Becca, who has put in a ton of work for this franchise, would would be treated with at least like a basic level of respect, being told, we think it's time for new hosts. This is the decision that we're making. We would love you, you and Michelle, to help out in the transition. Like that is easy. It costs them nothing. And instead to have clearly handled this in a way that left everyone feeling totally disrespected. It's just like such a self-own on the part of Warner Brothers. Yeah. I think if they're worried that Becca and or Michelle would be offended and not receptive to it, you know, that's going to happen either way. You have to at least try to handle it in a way that allows them to maintain their dignity, feel good about the transition, feel like part of it. And instead they chose a path where even if there was some inkling in both Michelle and Becca's minds of like, maybe it's time to move on from doing this show, they still end up feeling potentially really disrespected by how it went down and feeling discarded. It's bananas. Yeah, so, to me. so very great points there. My, my thought was, I love the comment on their Instagram reel. There's a difference between what is legal and what is right. And to not give your fan base a chance to say goodbye to their host, that's disrespectful to both Becca Kufrin and the audience incompetent at best and it's really stressing me out which means it's time for a edible uh, microdose gummies are today's bachelor rush hour sponsor it's an incredible entry level dose of thc that helps you feel just the right amount of good yeah don't get started with 20 milligrams they're just three milligram servings it's very small low dosage and it helps curb anxiety keeps my creative mind feeling relaxed all day and it's available nationwide to learn more about microdosing thc go to microdose.com and use code rush hour to get free shipping and 30 percent off your first order links can be found in the show description again microdose.com code rush hour and we're also sponsored today by HelloFresh. This summer, HelloFresh is here to take the work out of eating well. Reach your goals with delicious calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options, plus new vegan recipes, too. Yeah, I finally got my HelloFresh order in. I unboxed it yesterday on my Instagram. I think we made like a Tuscan cream sauce and meatballs. Just incredible. They give you all the ingredients. You just got to cut it up, put it in, shake it, bake it, ready to go. Go to HelloFresh.com slash RushHour16 and use code RushHour16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. Yeah, guys, that's unbelievable. That's a ton of free meals. HelloFresh.com slash RushHour16 and use code RushHour16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping, America's number one meal kit. Yeah, as I like to say, look, give it a try. If you like it, then you can order more, but you can't you can't turn down that offer. It's pretty good. And thanks so much for being a sponsor on today's podcast. All right, lots of other content to get into. We're just barreling right through it here. And the She's All Batch podcast, good friends of the program, had Andrew Spencer on. Of course, he had a pretty rough season on bachelor in paradise where he went on the show thinking he was going to hit it off with teddy here's what he said about having too high of an expectation do you think that maybe you were hyping it up in your head before actually oh yeah one thousand percent that's one thousand percent what happened i was already seeing like i said i was engagement being myself oh yeah oh yeah i was seeing other stuff i even told him i'm like dude i'm not getting engaged 
um, in that spot. I want to go somewhere else. I don't want to be engaged at the same spot everyone else is getting engaged at. Like, I want to do something really special for Wait, her. So you were like, <laughs> before you even met her, you were planning like. Dude, to- it was bad. <laughs> oh, to be young. That's what you do, right? You get excited. You start going, all right, I don't want to get married on that beach. I want to get married over here. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Hey, he's a hopeless romantic. He, he, uh, and that's what we do. That's what our brain does. It takes the information it has, and then it pieces together the rest of things. That's why a lot of times you, you think you see a ghost, and it turns out it's just you know your kid's hockey helmet sitting. You know what I mean? Your brain tries to compute it all. And in a case like this, he's like, oh, I'm physically attracted to Teddy. So that's a check. Now, her personality must be like, this i saw it play out i'm gonna love her she's this she's that and then all of a sudden he gets there it's not what he expected she can't live up to that expectation and then it all goes to shit and that my friends is bachelor in paradise all right lots of other news to get to barack obama commented on the supreme court decision that just came out and so did rachel Lindsay. so i want to share it with you barack obama said affirmative action was never a complete answer in the drive towards a more just society but for generations of students who had been systematically excluded from most of America's key institutions, it gave us the chance to show we more than deserve a seat at the table. In the wake of the Supreme Court's recent decision, it's time to redouble our efforts. And that being the decision to strike down affirmative action in college, Rachel Lindsay commented on it and said this, slow progress does not equal a level playing field. Justice Sonia Sotomayor said this, the court cements a superficial rule of colorblindness as a constitutional principle in an endemically segregated society where race has always mattered and continues to matter. If that sounds too smart for you, because it's a little smart for me, that's them saying, let's not pretend that the world is colorblind. There is a systematic um, effort that has worked against people of color to get certain places in school. And you might now say, well, but now they have it better than they did before. You know, it can go into this whole conversation, but either way, I think change and progress is good, Uh, but that doesn't always work in the court when they deal with their precedences and this and that. And again, I don't know how it all played out, but here's what Justice Asanya Sotomayor said. Today, the court concludes that indifference to race is the only constitutionally permissible means to achieve racial equality in college admissions. That interpretation of the 14th Amendment is not only contrary to precedent in the entire teachings of our history, but it is also grounded in the illusion that racial inequality was a problem of a different generation. Entrenched racial inequality remains a reality today. That is true for society writ large and more specifically for Harvard and the University of North Carolina, two institutions with a long history of racial exclusion. Ignoring race will not equalize a society that is racially unequal. What was true in the 1860s and again in 1954 is true today. Equality requires acknowledgement of inequality. Now, whether, whether, wherever you stand on this issue, I, I would think most of us haven't been following the Supreme Court case too closely. But like I said before, justice doesn't always come through the court system. Equality today doesn't mean it was the same as it was yesterday or the day before. And lack of equality in the past, you know, so the point being that, and again, not a constitutional scholar, but it's tough to look at because the pendulum does swing 
and needs to be corrected for past mistakes. And I guess the question that the Supreme Court answered is, is that done through the court of law? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, folks, but a big decision for the Supreme Court and um, obviously one that's going to cause a lot of commentary. If you haven't been catching up on that, I know it's a lot to talk about here on the Bachelor podcast because we don't know. Like, again, I'm not a scholar uh, and uh, comments from the Bachelor community. Olivia Caridi uh, said terrible ruling from the court. And again, sometimes like whatever precedent was set, sometimes uh, precedents can be broken, but that's what they're called, a precedent. So they set the standard. But of course, how do we progress from precedents when the precedent was flawed to begin with. I don't know, folks, but a hard left turn it is. Naomi Campbell is a mom at age 53. I don't know how that works out, but congrats to Naomi Campbell for that news. And also Madonna, big in the news right now, fought fever for a month before hospitalization. This news came out yesterday. She was sent to the ER, battled a low-grade fever for a month before her body could no longer take it, collapsing and needing serious medical care. Sources familiar with the situation tell TMZ Madonna mostly ignored her symptoms, never got checked out by a doctor because she was laser-focused on rehearsing for her upcoming tour, working her butt off to get ready to perform. So clearly, her immune system was ravaged. Sources confirmed the Page Six report Madonna collapsed before she was rushed to the hospital Saturday where she ended up spending days in the intensive care unit. Her doctors believe the underreported fever was a sign of the infection which worsened because it was left untreated. But it looks like she's recovering safely so good to know that. And we got some more stories to get to right after a quick word from our sponsor. Today's featured content was Courtney Robertson's podcast interviewing Sean Booth regarding his feud with Nick Vial. She actually also calls Nick a weasel, and it's a very interesting conversation. We're going to get to that in a few minutes, but some more entertainment news. Kevin Costner, as you go, he's been going through some pretty wild divorce right now. He's trying to evict his uh, soon-to-be ex and all these issues. He says, my estranged wife's using plastic surgery expenses to justify $248,000 in child support. He, uh, very interesting, Kevin's forensic accountant. Uh, boy, you know, you know you've made it when you have a forensic accountant. Says in the new divorce documents, the expenses Christine Baumgartner uses to justify a quarter million a month. Oh my gosh, it's a quarter million a month. One of the expenses Christine lists includes more than $100,000 in cosmetic surgery, her own. There's also thousands of dollars in boutique shopping, huge ATM withdrawals and other expenses pe- Kevin's people say have nothing to do with child support. It's the same conversation that always happens in a divorce. Are you using the money for the right reasons? But obviously... 250000 a month. I mean, that's a lot of money. And again, she'll have her right to respond and we'll see how that all plays out. But speaking of what could be a court battle, Vanna White in the news. She says, I'm worth at least half of Pat Sajak's salary if you want me to keep spinning the wheel. Yeah, no, seriously. Vanna White does just as much work on Wheel of Fortune as Pat Sajak does, right? I mean, she's moving around, hitting the buttons. She needs a lot of Purell. I don't know. She's just as much of the franchise as him. No. Anyway, she got Sony spinning these days because she won't continue on Wheel of Fortune unless she makes at least half of what Pat has been making. So this isn't even a wage gap. This is half of his salary. Sources with direct knowledge of the negotiations say Vanna is clear. She's the co-host of the long-running show. So the pay disparity between her and Pat needs to be squarely addressed. Um, so yeah, very interesting stuff there. Pat reportedly makes 15 million a year. Vanna isn't asking for that, but we're told her lawyer, power attorney, Brian Friedman is demanding half the amount Pat makes. 
One source connected to Vanna put it this way, after 41 years as a model employee and more of the face of that show than him, Pat Sajak, asking for 50% of what he makes seems like a no-brainer. So anyway, very complicated stuff. Of course, Brian Friedman, power attorney, representing all of the uh, in the know, you know, get uh, what he, uh, Gabriel Union, he represented Cassidy, uh, excuse me, Cassie Randolph against uh, Colton Underwood, uh, represented Chris Harrison. And of course, that's why we call ourselves a power recapper because of the power attorney. If one can be a power attorney, I can be a power recapper and you can be a power listener. And thank you all so much for power listening through this podcast. Uh, how's that for alliteration? Let's get into the plosive pops here. We've got our featured story, Courtney Robertson interviewing Sean Booth. Have a listen. After Reality with Courtney Robertson is her new podcast. She's rebranded it from Off Contract to After Reality. And Courtney Robertson also mentioned that this dress was from her night one dress when she was on Ben's season of, as a Ben, I don't even remember, too many names, on The Bachelor. And of course, she won and was the villain. But here she is talking to Sean Booth, who also won and was in some ways considered a villain on the show. And here's what Sean Booth had to say about his experience with being pitted against Nick Vial to navigate like yeah. your own personal piece right so how you know and touching back on your season so i wanted to say there was a girl on my season who was awful to me but yeah they it didn't air it didn't play out the way i thought it would and right. i ended up i was left holding the the bag of shit so to speak and right. i know you had beef with nick vial that little yeah. weasel Ugh, i mean i've asked him to come on my podcast so many times and he said yes and then he ghosted yeah. me but was there ever, uh, for instance, that like something happened? All right, so Nick ghosted her. So she did Nick's podcast, which of course was good for Nick because he got someone on he could duck a fodder for him. But then when it came to Nick doing Courtney's, is she implying or saying flat out that he ghosted her? Oh boy, that's that's a uh, that's not good. Happened where he really rubbed you the wrong way, but like the the viewers didn't see it. Um. I think that was, again, me kind of playing into what I thought people wanted and wanted to see. Like, I knew that Caitlin was my girl, for lack of a better oh, term. And I knew that. It just that gave I'm me goosebumps. <laughs> Um, and it's got to be annoying. And by the way, I do recommend listening to the whole podcast here. Uh, Sean Booth talks about how we got cast on the show and there's a lot of other fun tidbits. So I'm only playing a few clips here, but you do see, I mean, ego does exist. We've talked about this before. I mean, you know, Sean is like, he's adamantly, he's so sure that Caitlin's going to be the one for him. So the fact that Nick's still lingering around, even if he kind of plays it off, oh, I thought that's what the audience wanted to see. Wh whatever it was, he took the bait of, of, of getting into those what can come off as petty arguments, which you can completely understand in real life. I mean, you're competing for the love of your life here. And so you can understand that. And again, I even think Caitlin Bristow has said in the past, she understands what a tough position you must be in for that to have, for that to go down. But either way, there's got to be a lot, of, a little bit of a feeling of foolish afterwards to be like, Oh boy, this like petty BS fight between me and Nick played out on live, you know, played out on TV. And I knew that I was going to end up with her. I just knew it. And I'm not trying to sound cocky or whatever. No. That's how it was. That's, That's how I happened. felt about Ben, my bachelor. Yeah. I was like, yeah. whatever. Like, 
So I knew that. And I knew they also had a good feeling and they brought him in to kind of steer the pot. So um, I knew it was playing out as this kind of rivalry. And I was told throughout the entire thing, you know, nobody's ever stood up to him. Nobody liked him last season. All he does is try and mess with people and all this. So the producers were slamming Nick Vial. And again, that might, that might be, par for the course, or maybe the producers actually felt that way. It could have been a little bit of both. Either way, fascinating stuff there, uh, whereas Sean says, you know what, I um, I probably could have handled it better. It's a tough position, though, for Caitlin Bristow to be in because she's got to she, – she's the – She's the lead of the show, right? She has to, she can't just like fire everyone else off the show. She has to pursue other relationships. And even if Sean knows he's the one, maybe Caitlin doesn't know that yet. I've got different clips on the Dave Neal show of my, uh, sh- you know, short form content. If you aren't prepared to listen to the full episodes, but here's one with Susie describing how she can realize as the, you know, finalist on Clayton Eckerd season, how much of a tough position it is to be the bachelor. This clip is called why being the bachelor sucks. So I'm going to pull it up right now here. Every step of the way, it's an untenable position. There is no, it's a multiple choice with no right answer. One, that's the best way to say it. Like truly that's the show. I really think that like the lead is one of the worst positions you can be put in. You can't win. And is that why you turned it down? All right, there it is. I tried to get something out of her uh, full convo on Bachelor Rush Hour, the podcast. All right, let's go back to the clip here. So now we're going to go to the talk about Snapchat and how that spoiled the season uh, for, well, you know, for those that watch Snapchat, which, you know, the season was, you know, it it was a big spoiler. It's one thing to have reality Steve tell you who's going to win. It's another when they give you the evidence of them in the safe house visit. I feel like they were just like feeding me stuff like they did that with me, too. Yeah. All right. So let's go forward. They talked about how the producers, you know, sort of manipulated them to fight more. They'd probably be coached a little bit more. Um, And yeah, like watching it back. And then I'm like, damn, like that sucked. That was stupid. You know, like there was things I wish I had done probably. I don't say differently because I got the results and it ended up the way I wanted to. You got the girl and I followed you guys on Instagram after that. And I remember she famously got, she kind of got black sheeped for a bit too, because she leaked it on Snapchat. Oopsie doopsie. Uh, But now that was a complete blunder. Like that was not, people thought that was on purpose that I assure you. That's the photo. That (laughs) was not on purpose. I was one of the most, stressful 48 hours ever like because you know how snapchat's tricky yeah you get you could get really in trouble there (laughs) yeah for sure but you get to see the your significant other right after the show because the happy couples i wanted to ask you about that time how great is that time when you're on like abc's time you can go to these like nice places so it's called a happy couple visit unless your name's tino and or rachel because their safe house visit actually got noise complaints from the neighbors as they were fighting or was that johnny or victoria either way it's not always a happy couple but in this case uh, it's a happy couple that accidentally leaked the season to the world. Yikes. Is and pull yeah. up for like two, what, two or three days? Yeah, it'd be like two or three days. And this was one of our happy couple weekends. And we had just, um, they bring you in in separate cars. They bring you in under different names. A- alias what was your name? Do you remember? Yeah, I was Eric. She was oh. Ariel, like a little mermaid. So they, the driver would pick me up at my house and be like, Eric. And I'd be like, yep, that's me. 
Um, and Let's then once go. you get to the house, it's like so they're named after Little Mermaid. She's Ariel and he's Eric. I wonder if they uh, they bang like dead fish. I don't know. That's a weird flounder. Okay, flip. You only have <laughs> you know a few days, and they just stock the house up with booze and oh. food, and they're like, "Have fun!" Right? <laughs> just got into the house, so this is why it was very like uh, tough on us because I just got into the house and we're like laying in bed, and she was snapping one of the producers, Todd Snyder. Uh, Todd was my producer. And people love to see that. Yeah, she was just snapping him, being like, check it out, like having a good time. And I literally... um, It goes out to the world. I get out of bed. (laughs) I I stand up out of bed. I look at my phone and my phone is just all these notifications and I go on Twitter. You ever accidentally send a text message to the person you're trying to trash talk? Like I'm trying to trash talk my sister to my brother and I accidentally send it to her. There's no recovering. Imagine uploading a photo to the world. Face is just on all of Twitter, like trending and me in bed with her. And I'm like, oh my God. I was shit just hit I thought head. I was gonna throw up because I thought that I did it. So I was like hunched over the bed. I was like, babe, I did something really bad. And she's like yelling. She's like, what'd you do? I'm like And knowing the way Caitlin reacts, I'm sure she was like, What was it? What was it? Very nice that Sean and Caitlin, even though their relationship didn't work out, that they can start to share these stories. I'm I'm gonna be quite honest. I bet you Sean feels a burden lifting off of him. For the fact that he's talking about this past relationship and not just in a negative way. I think this is a good thing for both of them. As I said yesterday, my guess is by the end of 2023, Sean and Caitlin will have done each other's podcast and they will have made amends and they will move on with their life and be a little bit uh, more at peace. I don't know. Everybody has this picture. And she's like, delete it. And I go on my Snapchat and I'm like, it's not on there. And then she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, it's on yours. And then she pulled it up and there was like, thousands of people who saw it she posted it on her story by mistake instead of sending it to the producer oh. and she had no clue it wasn't intentional no it wasn't and then immediately she just uh, we got calls from the producers and they're like we're picking you up so they pick sean booth up and drive him from los angeles to las vegas so that he wouldn't be caught at the airport as they flew him to another location the damage was already done fascinating story of course go check out courtney robertson's podcast she's going to be on driving with dave in a few weeks very excited to pick her brain about what it was like being the winner and the villain on her show of uh, you know on her season of the bachelor uh, now that she's in the podcasting game we're getting a lot of content from her and good we love to hear it and uh that's gonna do it for us today i think we're all out of stories right i think we saw all the stories here and my mind is melting tomorrow's a friday we've got tammy on driving with dave tomorrow you'll be able to hear her first on the podcast saturday we'll drop it on the youtube channel so you're gonna i mean tammy is a is wicked with her reactions let me tell you this right now i was playing a clip randomly as i was editing the podcast and my wife came in and my wife never listens to what i do and she was like what did tammy say Tammy went off. That and more tomorrow. Anyway, that's it for me now. I've been Dave Neal. This was Bachelor Rush Hour.